0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, o Lord. Each year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the feast of Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to festival custom. After they had completed its days, as they were returning, the boy Jesus remained behind in Jerusalem but his parents did not know it. Thinking that he was in the caravan, they journeyed for a day and looked for him among their relatives and acquaintances. But not finding him, they returned to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astounded at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. And he said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. And his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus advanced in wisdom and age and favor before God and man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, see what love the Father has bestowed on us, in that we may be called the children of God. And so we are. What a radical statement that our, that our beloved disciple gives to us this morning. This radical concept of being a beloved son or daughter of our God is something that was a game changer for the whole idea of religion. The entire Old Testament was God trying to prove to the Israelites that indeed he loved them. Indeed he would be merciful. Indeed he would welcome them home. If they would just accept it. But they didn't get it until our God, our loving Father, sent his only beloved son, so as to offer us true love, to show us by dying on a cross, rising from the dead, ascending into heaven, and inviting us into the sacramental system, that we too, my brothers and sisters, are co-heirs to eternal life. We inherit with our Lord Jesus Christ not only eternal life, but heaven itself. We inherit all the joys and happiness it entails. But the reality of that is, is that if we fully understand this beloved sonship, this idea of being beloved daughters and sons in the one Son, Jesus Christ, if we really understood that, then indeed we would know true happiness and joy. But I don't say that those last few words, true happiness and true joy, in the midst of a comment that is void of all suffering. That would be impossible on this earth. You see, we often have this idea that joy and happiness and suffering are all separated from each other and can't coexist. The reality of the cross and the resurrection is far different than that. And it's important we understand that they're not opposed to each other because in order to be co-heirs of eternal life, we also had to inherit the great weapon against sin and death, that is the cross. Both come together. But in light of the resurrection, the cross has great purpose, has joy, and even happiness within it. That is the great message of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this concept has to be understood if we're truly to grasp how, the, how to imitate the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. You see, in the prayer after communion today, after we receive Most Holy Communion, after Josh receives communion for the very first time, filled with the presence of Jesus Christ himself, The priest will say on our behalf, bring those who are fresh with this heavenly sacrament, most merciful Father, to imitate constantly the example of the Holy Family, so that after the trials of this world, we may share their company forever. Now we were asked, we're commanded even by Holy Mother Church to imitate constantly the example of the Holy Family. But unfortunately, our understanding of the, the Holy Family is defined by cheesy pictures and Hallmark shows. Most of us, when we think of the Holy Family, we think of this fat little chubby baby who's all sorts of happy in this car with a well-adorned young woman next to him and an old St. Joseph. But that really isn't the idea of the Holy Family given to us in the Gospels. You see, because if that's the image of the Holy Family, they're so far separated from reality that we all experience with the pain and suffering and difficulties of family life that... How can we imitate that? It's so foreign to our our own experience. So let's understand a little bit of the reality of the Holy Family's life. First, Joseph had doubts about his bride, for she became pregnant without his assistance. It was only by an angel that he could trust indeed in the reality of their marriage. Then, once they go to Bethlehem, they're rejected at every inn. The king of heaven and earth is born amongst animals, He's laid in a feeding trough, definitely not the most sterile of all environments, and there's absolutely no family around. You can imagine that when the birth of your child happened and there was no one around but your husband, imagine what that pregnancy would have been like. No doctors, no nurses, just a bunch of animals to keep you company. Then immediately, they're called to go into exile, to live as poor amongst a foreign nation. When Joseph was told by the angel to take the child and the mother to Egypt, he wasn't told how long it would take. Imagine those of us who work. If an angel said, you're going to have to go to a foreign country, I have no idea how long you're going to be there. I'm not going to tell you. I'll tell you when you can come back. Could be a day, could be a week, could be a month, could be years. Especially in those days, Joseph would have had to establish himself as a tradesman. You're guaranteed the Holy Family suffered. They were poor. They didn't have a lot of money. They didn't have a lot to do. They were living in a foreign country as exiles. You can imagine when Joseph comes back, finally the angel says, Herod's died, come on home. You can imagine his family members and friends, some of them in Nazareth, would have said, hey, welcome back. Others would have been like, Joseph, what were you thinking? Taking a young wife and a newborn child into a foreign country? That was crazy. He shouldn't have done that. Guaranteed he was pestered with questions. It goes on for the Holy Family. We see in our Gospel today. Blessed Mother and Joseph are devout Jews, doing all that they're asked to do in their faith. And they lose the child Jesus for three days. Your Father and I have been looking for you with great anxiety. The Blessed Mother, perfect, never sinned, struggled with anxiety in this moment. Anxiety and fear and all those are not absolutely opposed to our faith as long as they don't destroy our faith. You see, the other part of it is, is Jesus' parents were used against him when he preached. When Jesus was preaching in Nazareth, the Nazareans, they came up and they said, Is this not the son of Joseph and Mary? Don't we know them? And they're nothing. How can this guy come up and tell us what we're supposed to do? The family was considered in in no repute whatsoever. These are but some of the trials we know of about the Holy Family. I think perhaps now they're a little bit more relatable we can imitate their example. Because it wasn't that they lived their lives devoted to God and therefore free from suffering. We know for a fact that the Blessed Mother and Joseph were righteous. They followed all the commands of God to a T. The Blessed Mother never sinned. Yet their families still struggled. They still suffered. They still knew pain. But the lesson that they can teach us is that in the midst of all of our struggles and the sufferings and the pain of our family lives, we must continually inject faith hope, and charity. That is the great lesson of the holy family that is to be imitated. And so that example, I often ask couples or families that come to me that are going through rough times, maybe sickness, maybe there's money problems, or stress of taking care of parents, or a divided family, or children aren't practicing their faith, the loss of a child or a loved one. The blessed mother knew what it was like to lose a spouse as she stood by the deathbed of Joseph She knew knew what it was like to lose an innocent son as she watched him murdered at the hands of those who killed him. So often I ask those families, those couples that are struggling, what's your prayer life like? Do you pray daily? As individuals, as couples, as a family? So often the answer is no. Then I ask, do you practice your faith? Do you go to Mass every Sunday and Holy Day of Obligation and frequent confession? So often, the answer, especially to the latter, is no. If we are to imitate the Holy Family, we must indeed imitate every aspect. We must make the faith primary in our lives. But even for those families that do all of that, that are faithful to their Sunday obligation, that come to Mass perhaps more regularly, are going to confession and pray every day, do not worry. Because if your life doesn't look perfect, it's okay. Jesus Christ came to enter into the messiness of humanity, not to destroy it. He came to sanctify our pain and suffering, not to take it all away. That's what heaven is for. So indeed, if it doesn't look perfect, it's not because we're failing or we're doing something completely wrong. Sometimes it's because God invites us into the cross so that we can rejoice in the resurrection. The Blessed Mother didn't understand it all. She didn't get everything. It says in the very Gospel we read, but they, referencing Mary and Joseph, did not understand what he said to them. So as a parent, if you just don't get it, if you just don't understand exactly how it's all going to work out, you're in good company. Imitate the holy family. Commit yourself to your faith. Increase hope and always love. That is the lesson of the most holy family. Especially on this day, we have a member of our own family who's going to receive that special gift of our Lord Jesus Christ in the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ to make Jesus the center of his life. Josh and the Berry family are going to receive this beautiful gift, an outpouring of God's grace, his constant promise that he'll be with us in the midst of all of our pains, all of our sufferings, meeting us day in and day out where we're at. Let us give thanks to him on this feast of the Holy Family. Let us pray to the Blessed Mother and to St. Joseph for the grace to imitate their example. And let us truly understand that we don't have to be a Hallmark card to be faithful. But indeed, we do need to put all of our sufferings, our pains at the foot of this altar. And know that our Lord Jesus Christ comes to us in the Eucharist to enter into our sufferings, so as to sanctify them and remind us of hope. You see, my brothers and sisters, you are called children of God, and so indeed you are. If we would but believe that we are beloved sons and daughters of a loving Father, then we'd see the great gift of the Eucharist, the great gift of family, the great gift even of our trials. For through all of that, he is constantly sanctifying us and preparing us to come home.